Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, everyone. You are on Pending Moderation Podcast, and this is what you are listening to. My name's Phil, and I've got my buddy over here. His name is Mark. Hi, I'm Mark. <laughs> and today we're doing our first actual recording of Pending Moderation, and we are discussing James Gunn's DC Universe. So over this last weekend, last week, James Gunn had announced his slate for the DC Studios. And I thought, well, this is a pretty interesting slate that we have over here. And uh, we decided we're going to sit, discuss it. Uh, me as an avid DC fan and Mark as a uh, not so avid DC fan. But of course, he has his roots in DC, in the DC universe, right? Um, so Mark, uh, who's your favorite superhero? Oh wow, that's that's a tough one. Um, I like Spider Man, you know, uh, and you know, Batman's pretty cool too. Batman's pretty badass. Yeah, what a dick! <laughs> I, I'm a Superman <laughs> fan. I've been a Superman fan for uh, longer than I care to. Uh, yeah, just let anyone know. So yeah, James Gunn had this big uh, announcement where he announced a number of DC properties that uh he's going to he's going to be working on there's a new superman movie there's a lanterns tv show there's a waller tv show there's the authority which is going to be a film paradise lost which is a game of thrones style show brave and the bold which is batman supergirl booster gold swamp thing and of course creature commandos and i would like to discuss all of that with my buddy mark um, who is going to jump in from time to time and give me some of his insight on exactly what he thinks about these things. Because some of the shit is really obscure. I currently don't know any of those. <laughs> well, okay, I guess we have to start from the beginning then, right? Yes, that's a good place to start. Yeah, okay, well, I'm just going to go over the media that DC has put out, the live uh, live action media that they put out. Little bit of the the animated shit, but like mostly concentrating on the live media because otherwise we're gonna be here all day and I'm going to discuss things that are very obscure, right? So, up until James Gunn took power, the following shows encompassed the whole DC live action um world. There was Arrow, which is the Arrowverse, you know, Arrow pioneered the Arrowverse, which followed Green Arrow and showed him as a hero and showed him growing to be the Oliver Queen that we all love and and, and enjoy. I, I can't say it with a straight face. Green Arrow's just like he's a human. He's like Batman, but he has arrows. I lost interest in the arrow very quickly. And I also yeah. lost interest in the Flash show for the same reason because the Flash show kept wanting to force me to watch the arrow just so I could understand who this new bosses that that randomly just cameoed into the flash so yeah that was very annoying yeah and i i liked i liked arrow up until like the third fourth season when they started yeah. recycling their show so they would be like okay this is an arrow he's fighting crime the police doesn't like him and then the police comes around and then all of a sudden there's controversy and then the arrow is back again the police doesn't like him Fighting the police, fighting it—it's just—it's the whole thing. It's like a loop that they got stuck in. Yeah, you know. 
And then what Arrow did, though, was introduce other shows like Supergirl and Flash and Black Lightning yeah. and a couple of other shows like that. Yeah, the Flash also started off pretty good, but then I felt like it also became a bit lazy. And and again, like I say, the fact that it kept cross-referencing to other shows, no one has time to keep up with like six superhero series just so you can know what's going on. My issue is, if you're going to have a show referencing another show, make the other show good. Make both of them good. <laughs> yeah, Give a fair reason. enough. Give a reason for you to want to watch like The Arrow and Flash at the same time. Because The Flash was great. It introduced um, the Barry Allen as The Flash. And yeah. they had him running the show, so to speak. And I liked yeah. the first couple of seasons. But then it became a, you know, another loop. He's fighting someone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Him it again. becomes, yeah, it feels yeah. episodic. Or it feels uh, repetitive and it feels boring. Yeah. Um, what, they, what they could have done is just condense the show to like 10, 10 episodes a season. And then have it like an actual storyline that that can sustain it all, you know. And yeah. with the Flash, I I hated the fact that my biggest issue with the Flash was by season six, you're watching the um Barry Allen be the Flash, and he is supposed to be leading his team because he's been through shit. He's changed timelines. He's changed the entire like universe in DC. Were by going back to save his mother, and then he came back, and he realized the world is all weird. And then he went back and changed everything back, but everything changed back a little bit differently. And that's what, yeah. um, and that affected the Arrow as one. Well, the Arrow had a new team because they didn't know that Flashpoint had happened. But he does yeah. all of this shit, right? And then he still doesn't have the competence to lead his team. Like he's yeah. always like. I, I need to fight this guy. How am I gonna fight him? He's a you very know? reactive he's a very reactive superhero as well. Yeah, and at that point you're like, yo dude, you should be leading this team. You are you are the flash. You are the one with all of this knowledge, you know? There was a time where you were stuck in the speed zone speed force and he like saw all futures and like he he just got a lot of knowledge and when he came back he was like, I could change this, I could change that. And currently Flash has got like this this thing that allows him to see the future, so he can plan his entire life on the future. And what do they what do they use that for? To stir up some shit between him and Iris, where Iris is like, I don't want to know how the future goes, and it's just like this emotional shit. And I'm like, you should be dealing with bigger things. You're the Flash, fastest man on the earth, but not actually, you know. So the Flash came yeah. out. And it was pretty good first season, second season, third season, but it kind of lost steam because of the reasons I just mentioned. And then there yeah. was Supergirl. Supergirl, I was very excited for because it was the girl of Krypton coming here, having her own show. And the first season was about her establishing herself in a world where Superman does exist. So she tries to get out of the shadow of Superman and she she needs to see herself as her own character. And it I loved it. First season, loved it. Second season, loved it. Third season, I was like, ah, okay, I still love it. Fourth season, everything became social justice warrior this, social justice warrior that. And uh I I lost I lost word for it. I was just like, no. This this is not right. Yeah. I didn't personally uh have any interest in the Supergirl 
I'm not a bit, I mean, sorry to break your heart here, but I'm not the biggest Superman and Supergirl and super whatever uh, fan because I, I, I again feel like it's, it's not an interesting superhero because it doesn't ever feel like he's really overcoming anything. He just is super everything, you know, like, so that's the reason why it's like, it doesn't feel that interesting. And then like, so in those shows, you always have to add like, um the battle with like human the human aspect so it's it's clark kent struggles less so like more more so than superman struggles you know and like if you if you care about that aspect of superman then i guess yeah you can be interested in in, and that could make him a little bit interesting i guess but to me that's not that's not interesting i don't like care about the how does he like stop himself from crushing a cup when he's making coffee in the office like i don't i don't really care about that you know that's not super interesting to me. The same way I don't care about Bruce Wayne. Like, how does he act when he's being rich? Like, it's 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 minor detail. Fuck. And that's what that's what Supergirl feels like as well. Supergirl just feels like the story is just about minor detail. That's that's not relevant to anything. Fuck. This this will come as a surprise, but I don't like that aspect either, because the Superman yeah. stories that I like are Superman stories that like encapsulate both both of his worlds, you know, because Superman has two worlds that he lives in. He lives in um, his world where he is a Kryptonian, and he is, he is pretty powerful. I'll, I'll give him that. Um, but he needs to balance it with the other world that he has, which is the world he created in the world of humans. But stories tackle, uh, there are stories that tackle that in a way that just makes it just compelling to watch, you know? For me, I love Smallville. Smallville is my favorite show of all time. And I just lost interest. Yeah, I'm like, I, I love Smallville. I, I still rewatch it to this day, you know. But yeah, to get it back on track, Supergirl introduced Superman and introduced Margin Manhunter. And with The Flash and with Arrowverse, they established a Justice League and they had a couple of crises. And it was, it was beautiful, you know. And from there came other spin offs like Legends of Tomorrow, which was. Essentially, just a group of heroes journeying through time to protect the timeline, you know? So they take a couple of uh, heroes and a couple of bad guys, they put them on the ship, they're like, cool, we're going to go and protect the, the universe, and they just fly off through time and have obscure battles. There's one, e- one episode where they just fight this huge furry, like this huge like teddy bear, and they're like, oh, this teddy bear is going to wreck all reality, we have to kill this teddy bear. Or we have to turn it back into a teddy bear. I don't know which one we can do. You know, and it just it gets crazy, right? Legends of Tomorrow, very fun. Uh, Black Lightning is in a place called Freed Freeland. It's about it's essentially the DC uh, story of like the Harlem Renaissance um, through a DC lens. You know, so it's like it's black people, and um, they are. They are also superheroes, but they're not treated as superheroes. They are kind of just like jumped to the side. So it's also them not dealing with as big things as Supergirl does or Superman does. But it's like it's all in deal um, deals with the um, free land. You know, that's that's a place where they are. And I quite like the character Black Lightning. He's a he's a strong character, and that's all that you want from from DC. You know, want strong characters. Put them in good stories and have them deal with the stories from there. And then, 
Batwoman. So, yeah, Batwoman is a... It's a story of Batwoman. She's Kate Kane. She is... She's in Gotham. Batman is gone. She becomes Batman. And it is about the wokest media that you could ever, like, imagine. And... And I don't mind it. It's just not for me. Because that's how the comic books were. The comic books were woke as shit. You know, they're like, yo, dude, we got this Batwoman. She's lesbian. She is related to Batman. She wants to be a better Batman because she's a woman. And, um, you know, she's fighting for justice for her people. And I was like, yeah, you you do you, dude. Uh, just, that's all right. Ruby Rose was Batwoman. And I think she did a damn good job as Batwoman. Um, even though the show wasn't for me, uh, per se, you know, I, yeah. So, yeah, so they had established this whole universe where, um, all of these heroes were the same heroes all across the universe, and it came to an end is just before James Gunn took over. The last show that is currently running is Flash, and The Flash has its last season coming. I'm probably going to watch that um, and see just how this whole Flash story ends. But that means I have to catch up on, like, four seasons of Flash and 24 episodes a season. Just, I, d- I don't know if I'm strong enough. And no. you have to watch the arrow on the side, and you have to watch... No, the, the arrow's done. The arrow was killed off during um, uh, the reboot of uh, the DC Universe. There was a reboot, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which involved, like, a whole bunch of, like, different universes. Um, it even had Smallville's um, Clark in in the show as well, and I I quite liked it. They had a Kingdom Come type Superman there. It was good. You know, um, I liked it, uh, and yeah, that Arrow is dead because he gave his life in order to rebirth the universe. So that's where Elseworlds comes in. So up until that point, all the DC shows were the main DC universe. It was Prime Earth, and um, that's where all the superheroes worked. However, there were other shows that were part of this Elseworld series. Have you heard of Titans? Mm, yeah, vaguely familiar, but I don't know what the show's about. Titans is like the dark and gritty, like, Dick Grayson story. So it's Dick Grayson running oh. the Teen Titans, but they're older... And they're much more jaded. And, like, it's damn good. I love it. You know, they introduce Superboy at some point, and he has to struggle with his heritage, where he is half Superman and half Lex Luthor. And Beast Boy, who is um, also from, you know, uh, the Martian Manhunter's cousin? Uh, Miss, Miss, um, Miss Martian? Do you know her? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, he has powers as well. There's um, uh, a couple of other characters that are intrusive to all of us, um, and it follows their story and their adventure, but it's, it's realistic as shit. So they try and make it as realistic as possible, and I quite enjoy it because it's Dick Grayson's story, and I love Dick Grayson. It shows him turning from Robin into Nightwing. You know, there's... Okay, cool. Yeah. So, and he has to stand away from Batman. He doesn't want to be around Batman because Batman was too toxic to his life. He's like, listen, Batman, I didn't like your influence on me. So, that's his story. 
and he's like um, showing these other heroes how to be heroes. There's also the Doom Patrol, which is like as obscure as you can get, right? Brendan Fraser's in the show. He's a dude whose brain was transported into a robot. There's uh, Mr. Negative, who is this bad guy who controls the negative realm. And there's an episode where they are entirely inside of a painting that is sentient. And the way they gain control of this painting and the world there is by bringing in another hero who's able to flex a single muscle and then everyone around him will feel the same muscle flex. So he makes everyone come. And it's, it's, that was the episode. That's Doom Patrol. Weird shit. Just straight up weird shit. The entire show is just weird. And I love it. <laughs> are, are, these, are these live action shows or cartoons? They're all live action. I'm, I'm telling you, all live action shows now. <laughs> Doom Patrol is fucking, it's, it's ridiculous. I love it. All right, so they are obscure. And then there's Peacemaker. Ah, John Cena is Peacemaker. The man who loves peace so much, he will do anything to get peace. He will, it doesn't matter how many people he has to kill to get peace, right? So, like, it's John Cena being John Cena. Just, it's, it's a funny show. It's a serious show. And quite frankly, it's, it's solid, dude. It's good storytelling. It's run by James Gunn. So James Gunn was like, listen, I, I took Suicide Squad and I made it into an actual good movie. Took Peacemaker and created a show around him. And still exploring things like how um, Amanda Waller used Cadmus and those type of companies to control everything in the DC universe. Because ultimately the Suicide Squad was created to take on superheroes who go out of control. They were created to stop Superman, you know? And as they are so named, they're not supposed to survive. You're just going to throw all these weird heroes at Superman and hopefully they can take out Superman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Peacemaker came out and it is amazing. It has one of the best theme songs and it's John Cena dancing. Like he's a, he's muscular as shit and he's dancing along with like everyone else in this choreographed like uh, theme song. And I just, I, I've never skipped it. It's that good. It's a good show. Is this I, a is it, okay? Yeah, so that's a show as well. It's a series. Yeah, yeah. It's a spin-off from the Suicide Squad movie. Uh, oh, cool. So, and then my personal favorite of the moment is Superman and Lois. Now, this is a show where Superman has a family. Him and Lois move back to Smallville with their two kids, and the whole show is based on it's a family story. So it's ultimately Superman dealing with him being a father, but he's still Superman, you know? He has to go and save the world, but he's, he needs to be there for his kids as well. And as it, one of his kids is slowly developing his superpowers, um, he also needs to be a mentor for this kid. But while he's doing this, weird shit happens. He gets um, uh, this other dude from Krypton comes in and um, also influences Clark's life because you know this guy also just wanted to be a hero but he was so affected by his Kryptonian father that he had no choice but to give in to like that type of iron wall the story the show tells it much better 
than I would. But it is a family show. And I love it so much. And it showed Superman in one of his strongest forms I've ever seen. And it's just, I love it. I love it so much. I gave it to my mother. And my mother watched it. And she went, holy shit, this is a good show. (laughs) I was like, yeah. Despite the fact that it's about Superman, the concentration wasn't on Superman itself. It was on, this dude is a dad now. And he has to deal with, like, you know, like, like family. He has to deal with family, man. Yeah. So, you have anything, anything to say about those, those shows? Nah, um, I mean, Peacemaker sounds like something I'd watch, I guess. Yeah, um, and that's about, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> What's, um, where, uh... Like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, like I said, I'm not interested yeah. really in, you know, Clark Kent's life. Oh, yeah. It's blurred. Clark Kent and Superman is kind of blurred together because, you know, he's he's Superman most of the time. So, yeah. And it's called Superman and Lois, not Clark Kent and Lois. But yeah. Yeah. And then there were a couple of animated shows, right? Young Justice. Holy shit. One of the best animated shows I've ever watched. It's just so good. It follows a bunch of um, sidekicks and how they establish themselves as a team. And eventually they come to rival the Justice League, you know, and then join the Justice League. But, like, it's a group of sidekicks that learn and grow together. It's honestly one of the best animated shows I've seen in my life. But it keeps getting cancelled, right? So, season one comes out, and then it's cancelled. And then season two comes out, and then it's cancelled. And then season three comes out, and then it's cancelled. And then season four comes out, and then it's cancelled. Um, season five has not been renewed yet, so I'm I'm just holding thumbs that they continue that universe. Really good. Um, and of course, Teen Titans Go. Um, Teen Titans Go is a cash cow. It's just children love that shit, dude. <laughs> They're like, hey, we're gonna watch this this animated show about these these heroes being being idiots and um, being being who they are. Like, I have nothing against it. You know, it's just not my type of media. You know, back when I grew up, we had uh, Batman the Animated Show and uh, Superman the Animated Show. Yeah, I was gonna say SABC One Batman was yeah, the best. Dude. Oh, yeah, so good. That, that <laughs> was, like, really good. That was, like, the, the original original Batman. Really good. You know, with, the, with, the black, with, the black, with the black bat and the yellow and the yellow circle. Yeah, that's Bruce that, Timm. That's the bat. Yeah, that's the Batman. Yeah, that's Bruce Timm, man. Bruce Timm is a uh, he. He knows when it comes to his Superman or his heroes, he knows that like he has to establish them as proper heroes, proper characters. You know, uh, and he he brings that forth really nicely in his move, in his shows, in his movies, and it's just I love it. So, yeah, Batman show, Justice League, Justice League of the Limited, of course, Superman great shows and then there were the movies now in the movies there was the dc extended universe which was man of steel superman v batman justice league aquaman wonder woman shazam and their sequels you know and they were all set in the same universe and it was always known that the joker movie and the batman was set in their own respective universe elseworlds right so that 
is ultimately coming to an end with James Gunn. And I'm a little sad because, you know, Henry Cavill is just the best guy to play Superman, but he's a little too old now, you know? The time to make yeah. a Superman show was 10 years ago. That's when you needed to expand on him as a character, you know, but like you can't anymore. So there's going to be a new Superman coming in. Even though I love Henry Cavill to death, like he's a great Superman, both on screen and off screen. Just the nicest guy ever, you know? So yeah, I'm a little bit sad about that. But other than those movies, there's also the animated universe that they have. Um, and they, I assume that will just continue in its own universe because just recently they restarted the universe, um, and they started everything, the animated movies again with Bruce Timm coming back as a producer. So Bruce Timm and Jim Lee are running the animated universe and they are doing a fantastic job of it, you know? So I'm assuming that he's going to, James Gunn is just going to leave them and have them do what they need to do. And what he's going to do is establish this new universe. With the pillars being Superman. The pillar being um, Batman. Uh, Supergirl to some extent. As well as um, Wonder Woman. As these things that hold up this new universe. And then just sprinkle in a couple of other shows and movies. In order to flesh out the universe. And just bring more life to this universe, you know? So, I, I, I'm not worried about the animated universe. I'm not worried about the DC universe. I'm just very, I'm excited. I want to see where it's going to go and what, what exactly is going to happen and what, univ- what direction this universe is going to go forward, you know? I just hope that, like, you know, Superman, the Supergirl doesn't just get booted off into, into the, the 31st century. That's what usually happens to her. She like gets established. They're like, "Yes, Supergirl, she's great." So now we're gonna send her to the future, and she's gonna live there forever with Monel and Brainiac Five. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, what what I want to just add quickly is like, um, I don't really necessarily dislike the the superheroes doing. Um, the everyday sort of aspects of dealing with things. Like, I do like, for example, um, I said earlier, like, Spider-Man. I like the fact that he's basically, like, a poor teenager who's, like, living with his aunt. His uncle's just died. He hasn't got that much going for him besides for maybe trying to get, like, a tech bursary because he's pretty smart. Like, Like, so he's got a lot of, like, human challenges. And now on top of that, he's sort of been dealt this card where he's, like, body is doing all these weird things and now it sort of feels like an obligation to saving the world kind of thing so like i I like that way around as opposed to where for me superman is like he has the powers already so he's always had the powers you know and then he chooses to want to be like you know part of society or whatever and like a lot of superman's things feels a little bit uh self-inflicted and if if they could have like a show like um uh, one of the shows that jumps to mind is I don't know if you ever watched Misfits. Yes, I did. I did. M- Misfits to me was was such a good show. The way they did it with like it's just these delinquents like who are already reckless, who are already like irresponsible, who are already you know outcast of society, and now they're just like 
this massive storm happens and now there's just like random people who have superpowers like that's a very cool way uh, a very cool premise for a show and even though they ended up sort of cutting most of my favorite cast members in the second or third season it still went on for five seasons or whatever and was still pretty good oh yeah dude watch peacemaker peacemaker is yeah i've good. got it on my list yeah i've literally <laughs> written it right at the top of the list of on my little page like i'm gonna watch that they're delinquents and one of them is john cena like what what do you expect from john cena yeah exactly <laughs> like you watch it and if you watch the suicide squad movie beforehand it's john cena and idris alba trying to one-up each other they're like i am the best marksman in the world and john cena's like no i'm the best marksman then like idris alba shoots some dude and he and john cena's like watch this and he like throws an axe and the axe like breaks this whole like support system and kills another dude by having this whole boating crash on them. And he's like, I'm better than you. And it's like, no, I'm better than you. And it's just this whole pissing competition between the two of them. And that's just a little aspect of the Suicide Squad movie. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched the first Suicide, the, the, like the Suicide, Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember any of like any of that kind of stuff. What there's a second one that James oh, I haven't seen narrated. that. I haven't seen yeah, I haven't seen the second one. Yeah, that's when you I was seeing you talking about a second one, but you just kept saying the Suicide Squad movie as if like the other one didn't exist. The, the first one is called The Suicide Squad, and the second one is called Suicide Squad. Oh. You can see okay. how the <laughs> James Gunn was given free reign. They were like, dude, make a Suicide Squad movie, and he was like, All right. I'll make a Suicide Squad movie, but I don't care what you guys have to say. I'm going to make a great movie. That's what he did. Okay. Yeah. That's so, cool. Yeah. But that's James Gunn's, that's James Gunn's wheelhouse. Taking a group of lovable misfits, putting them together, and having them decide the fate of something at some point, you know? So I, 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 I like James Gunn. He's a good director. Um, and I like the fact that him being in charge of the DCE, the DCU, it's not the DCEU anymore, DCU, um, it means that the whole franchise will have a goal that they're working towards. I mean, I love Man of Steel, right? But Man of Steel was followed up not with a, a growth of Superman's story that it started in Man of Steel, but with Batman suddenly being in the picture, and then all of a sudden, Wonder Woman's in the picture. And then the very next movie, they have the Justice League. And I'm like, yo, 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 just hold back. And what I hated about these three movies was each movie was tonally different. Like, you have this Man of Steel serious movie. And then you have, like, this ultra-serious Batman v Superman movie. And then you have this jokey Justice League movie. And I'm like, yo, keep it constant, you know? Um, and it just, it set them apart from each other, but they were all featured the same actors and they all featured the same characters. And I was like, how, how am I supposed to feel about this? You know? Um, yeah. I mean, I must say I lost interest. I didn't even watch the Batman versus Superman movie until much, much, much later, like almost two years, probably after it came out. Yeah. Like I, I just didn't, I just couldn't be asked. I literally just didn't care. Everyone was like, oh, you should go see it. It's a pretty good... I was like, man, you know, fuck it. Why would I? Don't make me feel like it. So, yeah, um, that's actually what I wanted to say next. So now, James Gunn, 
it starts with moving the DCU forward, and he wants a central story moving through his characters, but he also wants each story to be a unique story. And that's what I like, because each one of the characters has a different story to tell. A story that you would tell about Batman would be vastly different from a character that you tell from, like, Static Shock's viewpoint, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, so that's what he wants to establish. He wants to make sure... I freaking sure love like, Static oh, Shock. God. Static Shock is amazing. <clears throat> no, no, no one can fault you on that. All right? Uh, yeah. But, yeah. I used they to want... watch that stuff as a kid so much. <laughs> shock to your system! Static Shock! <laughs> that's and, the best. As a kid? Not as an yeah. adult? <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I've still got it, like, and I still watch it, but, like, <laughs> I used to watch that, like, as a child, you know? Like, uh, I can't remember when it used to come on, but I remember I used to sit and, like, have a big plate of food or a bowl of cereal or something, and I would just chow, chow, chow and watch Static Shock. Yep. Yeah. I just see that dude with the, like, the, the, the hair. You know, the three strands of hair, but who also, uh, uh, yeah, that, that stretchy dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what, the, what a lot of the villains were called, but I know who you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I, yeah, I'm glad that James Gunn is going this, this route because he wants to have a central vision, but also have the world fleshed out. So, like, it's going to be. Um, like, for example, in the animated universe, you have Flash come in, and then you can tell immediately that Flash has this rich backstory, and you can tell that he has a different, he has a different feel to, like, all of his, um, adventures that he has. Like, in the Justice League Unlimited episode, where the Flash, they take a walk in Flash's world, and he just, like, walks into a bar... And Captain Cold or like one of the villains is sitting there and Flash is like, yo, dude, come on, man. You weren't supposed to break out of jail. And he's like, yeah, I just I just wanted a drink. Flash is like, you know what? You have your drink. Um, afterwards, go book yourself back into Rikers. And the guy's like, all right, see you soon, dude. And the Flash mission's off. And Batman's like, what the hell was that? Flash is like, no, I've got this understanding with my villains. And in one episode, they just showed that Flash has his own life and his own world. And you can, you can see that, just how he is voiced as a character, how his character is portrayed as well. It's not like his story just started with this movie. You know, with yeah, the Justice yeah. League. Yeah, he's already, a, he's already got depth to the character. I hate the fact that every time they start a character, they're like, yeah, I just ignore like the four previous times we've had this character on screen. And yeah. uh, he's now gonna have his origin again. Yeah, and like I'm like, no, don't don't do the origin again. Even with the latest Batman movie, they didn't redo his story, his um uh, origin story. They were just like, he's been Batman for a year now, so he's gonna be Batman for the rest of this movie, and that is what we're dealing with. But they instead of focusing on him being Batman, uh, well, they did focus on that quite a lot movies called the batman but they also had him you see that he's struggling with being bruce wayne he doesn't know how to be bruce wayne yet and that's okay he's only been batman for a year you know and i love how um what you could the dc has got this new slate where they're able to tell these new stories 
Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out three stories for you, right? Um, and these are stories that you probably have heard of before. The one is the Superman story for the man who has everything. Have you heard of this story? Nope. What's that? So Mongo comes to um, Earth, gives Superman a flower, and he looks at this flower, and it's this alien beast that attaches to his his um, brain cells and all of that. So what it does is it puts Superman in a coma. In his coma, he's given everything he's ever wanted. His Krypton is still intact. His family's still alive. He has a new family on Krypton, and it retcons his brain to believe that this is his reality. This is what he's always been living in. So he's living on Krypton, living his best life. He's, he's fulfilled in ways that he was never fulfilled in um, on Earth. He never was a, a, someone who tried to um, uh, adjust to a new world. He was never a person who tried to fit in anywhere else. He was just himself, surrounded by his, his, his people. And he had a loving father and loving mother. And like his villains, he also saw they were people who were rehabilitated. So Zoddy's there and Zoddy's like, yo, dude, I run the military. And everything is just perfect. He has his perfect life in his coma but at this point Mo uh, mongo is taking superman out of the equation so that he can conquer earth and batman realizes that they cannot stop mongo they cannot stop his world so what they have to do is break superman out of his perfect world so they have to take all of that from him everything his perfect life and just rip it from him and throw him back into the world again and the worst part about the whole situation is he can't just be ripped out. He has to choose to go back to a world where he does not fit in. A world where he is always seen as an outsider. A world where he's never quite able to be himself. A world where he doesn't have a family. You know? And he had to make that decision to leave that world to come back to Earth to help Earth in their time of need. You know? Whereas if you had a perfect world given to you and you could stay in there forever. I personally would probably stay there forever, you know? And that, it was a, it's a good, good story. Always brings a tears to my, tear to my eye. Right? I don't know, man. Like, I prefer, like, I prefer to have, that, that's like the whole Matrix question, man. Like, I prefer to be unplugged. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to be in some, some fake, I mean, I, I prefer oh. to wake up and, and see what, see things what they really are. Yeah, but what if even if even if they're worse, even if they're worse, yeah. yeah. So it just showed Superman struggling with that. I love that story. I think it's in the Justice League um, anime. I mean, that makes ever. sense because like Superman doesn't know who he is, so like that's yeah. that's his biggest insecurity. It, like that's it, it's exploiting on his biggest weakness or exp or whatever. Yeah, it's amazing. So and then we have. Have you heard of Batman under the Red Hood? Nope. Holy shit. Okay, so Batman had this Robin, Jason Todd, right? And in the 90s, when Jason Todd was introduced, DC decided to have a poll to see if everyone liked Jason Todd. And they all went, no, we don't like Jason Todd. <laughs> so DC killed Jason Todd, right? And then, like, they revived him. But, like, first, Joker killed Jason Todd with a crow. The, the Robins? Like, Historically the, Robins always, historically, the Robins always got uh, a lot of negative press, you know? Yeah, except for Dick. 
Dick is best. <laughs> so Jason Jason Todd was killed off, right? And then Batman is just running around and he gets like this new bat uh, this new Robin Tim Drake at some point. And at this point, um Dick Grayson has become Nightwing and has gone to live off his own like superhero life. So he's there, but he's not quite there. You know, and this new guy pitches up in Gotham and this guy's like, listen, I'm just gonna murder all like criminals and I'm gonna just take over crime. So he starts taking over crime and Batman starts fighting this guy, but the more he fights him, the more he realizes that this guy knows Batman more than Batman knows himself. He understands Batman and understands like on an in, in like an intimate level. He knows Batman on an intimate le- intimate level. And Batman realizes that this dude, the red hood, who has taken over crime, just killing people willy-nilly, right, is Jason Todd, brought back by the last whisper. And, like, he has to struggle with, like, him coming to terms with Jason Todd. And Jason Todd is like, listen, the biggest issue I have with you is that you didn't kill Joker. Joker killed me in cold blood in a place where you were unable to reach me, and you didn't go there and kill him in, in response. So what I'm going to do is just kill all of these villains and then I'm going to take over this place and stop crime in a way that you never wanted to stop crime. So essentially it was a battle. The whole story is a battle of ideologies. Whereas Jason Todd is like, I'm going to kill things, kill people. I'm going to take control of crime. And that's the only way I can control Gotham. Whereas Batman's like, no, I can't kill all of the criminals. I have to show them something better, but still beat them towards like, in, within an inch of their death, like our breaking <laughs> spines and necks, but like, oh no, I've got a, a min, I've got a magic computer that tells me that they're not dead yet. Exactly, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's a clash of ideologies, and I like it, yeah. because Batman's like, yo, if I cross that line, I'm just gonna kill everyone, and I can't kill everyone, because then no one would be living in Gotham anymore, because... There would be no one in Gotham. They will be killed yeah. by the Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that, Batman's like, they can't commit crimes if they're paralyzed for life. Yeah, just let them be paralyzed and not dead, you know? I mean, people, prison guards need to earn a living as well, okay? Exactly. <laughs> even, though, even though your life is endangered. Dude, people see, in Arkham... Batman, because Batman yeah? spends so much time as Bruce Wayne, he understands the basic economics of running a city and a prison. You know, people at Arkham, Arkham should get, like, hazard pay. They should get a lot of hazard pay. <laughs> when you've got, like, Bane just sitting there, and Bane's like, I'm big now, I'm gonna break all of these walls and break out of prison, you know? Just, they need hazard pay. If I'm, if yeah. I'm the god, I'm like, alright, there you go, sir, on your way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. Like, someone you, you, breaks you broke, out. You broke out your cell? Alright. Um, feel free? I mean... I mean, if if the iron bars aren't stopping you, um, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I've got this gun, but like, look, look, look. These bullets don't hurt you, so I'm gonna run the other um, way, and then you just do what you do. You know? I'm but just gonna a- lay down over here, try not to throw too many rocks on me. <laughs> <laughs> so of course, the sh- the story does it better than I do, but it's a clash of ideologies, and it's beautiful, you know. Um, so that's. A Superman story and a Batman story. I just wanted to ask quickly, um, Dick Grayson is the gymnast uh, Robin, right? Yeah, he's a gymnast one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's my favorite too. Yeah, Dick is best. I, yep. I, I like saying that as much as I can just to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So, 
And then I'm going to tell you about the Supergirl story. Right? So, Supergirl came to Earth, and her pod was knocked off course, and she ended up, like, going around the sun a number of times, becoming supercharged. And then she came to the Earth, and they were like, oh, it's another Kryptonian. And then Clark, Superman, is like, yo, we can help you out. I want to help you. I want to do this. I'm going to help you. And he's like, she's like, fuck you, man. I am stronger than literally everyone here. I'm supercharged with, like, power. So I'm just going to try and be myself. But she doesn't know how to control her power. And everyone, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, they're all trying to control her. You know, they're like, listen, you just need to hold back. You just need to, you just need to not stare at that person so hard, you know, because... You know, that, that's, that's going to kill them because these people are made out of cardboard. So she's trying to hold herself back, but she doesn't actually want to hold it back. And she's getting frustrated, more and more frustrated, by everyone telling her, we can help you. Because the mindset of Supergirl at this point is, last week, my family was all alive, and they all died. And now I have no family and no world, and I'm on this world where, like, I'm angry at everyone, but, you know, I can't. Can't exactly express that because if I do that, then the world explodes. You know, and everyone's like, I want to help you. I want to help you so good, you know? So she, like, she tries to hold back, but then she, she can't exactly hold back. And one day Lobo comes to Earth and Lobo's like, Yo, dude, what's up? And she's like, Yo, you can regenerate from everything, so I'm going to beat the shit out of you until you get out of the, off of this planet. And while she's beating the shit out of him, there's this great Red Lantern story that, like, happens in the background. And a Red Lantern ring finds its way to, um, to Kara. Kara Zorel. And she gets this Red lantern, lantern ring and she's immediately powered by rage. So, like, she just starts massacring everyone. She's, like, blind rage just coming around, destroying everyone. And everyone's like, listen, we can't exactly stop this thing. This thing is stronger than Superman. So let's send it to the Green Lanterns or the Red Lanterns. So they, uh, she flies away, goes to the Red Lanterns. They're able to get her rage under control. And she's just this angry teenager that just fights a war. And she gets in battle. And is this Supergirl who has uh, got the Red Lan- Lantern ring? Red Lantern ring, yeah. So, yeah she becomes, okay, cool. so she becomes embroiled in the Red Lantern war. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, Guy Gardner's like, listen... You've been through a lot of shit. We've taught you how to deal with your rage, but like, we don't want you to fight because this is a, a battle that not many people's going to survive, and we don't want you to die. So she makes her way back to Earth, and the people who she had fought with at the beginning of the storyline is still there. So she ends up fighting this, like, I think it's called a World Breaker. And the World Breaker is like, yo, I'm going to kill you, take your body. And then I'm going to take Earth because you are stronger than everything on Earth. And she ends up fighting this thing and throws him into the sun. But, like, in throwing him into the sun, he's like, uh, um, what do you call it? He gets, he separates from his host and starts, like, latching on to Kara. And Kara is, like, consumed by the Red Lantern ring because if you take off the ring, you die. You know, it's just, he's powered by your blood. So you die. And he, she couldn't go back to Earth because at this time, Superman had a, um, a disease that was turning him into Doomsday. So they, they exploded a nuke filled with kryptonite so that the whole world weakened Superman. 
So she can't go back to Earth, but she ends up falling into the sun and then comes back as Supergirl and just, like, destroys this dude. And after that, she has to kind of get to a point where she she's um, she has to make sense of what she has done and make sense of who she has become. And so she's always, she's still stuck at this point where she doesn't quite know where she fits in. No one actually can help her because everyone, she's more powerful than everyone else in the universe. And she has to deal with that going forward, you know? So that's just a Supergirl story. And I, I like that she became a Red Lantern. It's really cool. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah, so um, I still, I still probably won't watch it. Yeah, no, it's a comic book. Uh, Lyman has oh, the, right. the comic book. Oh. He bought, he bought the the series based on that story. He was like, I want to oh, I see. buy this. Yeah. So yeah. So that's though. I want those kind of stories to come out. Stories that that aren't at the forefront of these characters, but stories that help us understand the characters better and give makes them more fleshed out. So you have a character that you know has gone through struggle, um, and they don't have to show us the struggle, and the character's world that he exists in will help tell that story. I mean, think about... Uh, you haven't played The Witcher yet, but The Witcher no, I'm 3... I'm not, not the biggest Witcher's, Witcher fan, but yeah. In The Witcher 3 story, as you walk around in the game, you can tell that like people hate witches. They hate mutants. They hate these type of things. And the world tells you that story. It doesn't straight up go and say, yo, you're a witcher. People don't like you. You know, you walk into the street, cats hiss at you. People stay out of your way. And like the people who are against you are like, yeah, we, we are the best fighters in the world. And we don't like mutants. We don't like people that are different. You know, so it's told to you through the world. And that's, that's what I like about the animated world that DC has. Because the story is also told through the world. You know, it's yeah. important to do that. Right? So, yeah, now with the slate of movies that are coming out, the Shazam movies coming out, Fury of the Gods, still in the DCEU, I'm going to watch it because I'm, I'm biased towards DC. Um, the Flash movie is coming out and it's going to reset the timeline, bringing James Gunn's new slate of movies out. Blue Beetle is also going to come out. Um, now, do you know how the Beetle system works? No. No. Okay, well, the Beetles are <laughs> Scarab, right? They are, they are different Beetles. They are Scarabs sent um, out into the universe. It attaches to a host, becomes a, um, a living entity that takes con- what sometimes takes control of your body itself. It has been used for different reasons, but ultimately it's like an Iron Man suit that is connected to your nervous system. So you have a, a Iron Man suit, you get your, your armor on and all of that stuff, you get the, the added guns and everything, um, and it's its own onboard computer, but it's made by um, another, um, uh, a, a, a stronger civilization, a civilization that's more technologically advanced than Earth. And it's been used in different media in different ways. So in Young Justice, the scarabs were meant to herald the um, circle, right? And the circle was like this group of evil supervillains that was controlling the world and controlling the universe um, in subtle ways. So ultimately, the scarabs were meant to 
um, betray Earth and betray the planets that they were on. And it also led to the destruction of Mars and all the margins. Uh, I think I might be misremembering that. But on Young Justice, they were evil. So anyone who had a scarab was... People didn't know they were evil because anyone who knew what a scarab was was wiped out, you know? <laughs> so, like, there's no history going forward. So, Blue Beetle is going to tell the story of this guy. I think it's going to be Jaime because he's Mexican and, you know, you know, woke media, they're like, let's put a brown person in there. Probably Jaime could be one of the other Blue Beetles, but I know shockingly little about the story. Um, or what the story that they're putting out on, on the big screen. You know, I bet you I know less. Fantastic. <laughs> and then we have Aquaman 2, which has Jason, Jason Samosa, and he is Aquaman in his second movie. Okay. I don't think I watched the first one. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like I liked Aquaman 1, okay? It was fun. It was a, uh, how do I put it? A blockbuster. I'll be honest, every time I've every time I've thought of Aquaman, I've never thought like, yay, that's a cool superhero. Yeah, I know, I know, but Jason <laughs> Jason Samosa plays him, you know. He's he's pretty badass, you know. You look at him and you're like, yo, he can be Aquaman. Like, no one's gonna make fun of Aquaman now because, you know, it's Jason Samosa. Uh, Mimosa. So Momo Momo what's his name? Jason Momoa. There we go. There we go. Jason Momoa. Um, uh, I'm just going to refer to him as Jason Samosa. Um, and you know what's weird? You know what's weird? He looks like Lobo. You could have him be Lobo, you know? And he wants to be Lobo. So going forward, he might portray Lobo and Aquaman. I don't know, dude. I don't know. So, yeah. Now let's get on to what James Gunn actually wants for this new u- universe. The first thing he talks about was creature commanders. Do you know these people? I do not. You don't. Okay, so this is kind of, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like a niche superhero group, you know? So which is it's good for James Gunn, because as I said earlier, he likes his niche superhero suits. Lovable group of misfits thrown together and they all have to, you know, fight crime and help the universe and those type of things but essentially this is just a team of freaks right frankenstein monsters in there um vampires are in there werewolves are in there and just monsters freaks and they all come together as a team and you know that's that's what james gunn loves to do look at how good guardians of the galaxy was how good the suicide squad movies were uh, well, the movie was. Um, and it will be an animated series. And James Gunn did say he wants the animated characters and the on-screen live-action characters to be portrayed by the same people and have the same energy and have the same vibe. So, yeah, they're going to be a bunch of freaks just expanding on the universe and expanding on weird things, them doing what must be done. Um, I can't speculate on this story because I am uh, just as familiar as you are with it. Probably just a little bit more, you know, because I know there's vampires and Frankenstein monster. I know as much as you have just told me. 
<laughs> so yeah, essentially it's gonna be like this niche heroes like saving the world or doing something to to help the world, you know. It's it it's James Gunn. James Gunn, he can do James Gunn, he can do like those characters. I am okay with that. I haven't seen those characters in live media. Um I have seen like a couple of them in animated media, but those were stories that were told based around um Etrigan, um the demon who who rhymes well speaks in verse. Ah, oh, such a good character. You know, and, and Shining Knight, which is also another character, but they're all based in um medieval times. So either they time traveled here or they still alive after all this time after being in suspended animation. Or they demons and they are still they still happen to be walking the world, taking on different guises and being different characters and helping move the world forward. You know? So yeah, I I can let let James Gunn do his thing, okay? Let him have his creature commanders. You know? Yeah, I'm um, okay with that. I'm alright with that. Just a bunch of freaks. I'll watch it because I I have a problem when it comes to DC. I love to watch all of DC's movies and DC shows and well, not all the shows. I stopped with Supergirl and The Flash. and Yeah, and I couldn't do it, man. Batwoman, shit, I... Uh, it, when a show starts to feel like work instead of like a, feel, a piece of relaxation, oh. then I'm like, uh, then I'm pretty much over it. If I'm not excited yeah. to watch the next episode, then, then I'm sort of done. Yeah, that's why, I, that's why I love Superman and Lois so much. Like, I'm looking forward to each episode that I watch. You know, I'm like, yo, I'm going to sit Watch me some Superman and Lois. Can you enjoy the shit out of this, you know? So, yeah. But the other show, so. I, I love it. You don't have to love it, but I do. <laughs> so, the other show that he announced, or the other TV series he announced was Waller. And Waller is based in the Peacemaker universe. So, it has Peacemaker. It's a spin-off from a spin-off. From a spin-off. Fantastic. So, Fantastic. So, because Suicide Squad was essentially a spin-off from, like, the the Harley Quinn shit that she did. And she was a spin-off from, from the Justice League movie. Okay, let me go back. So, the Justice League movie happened, right? Then the Suicide Squad happened, which was a spin-off from the Justice League. Or a team that was a spin-off from the Justice League story. Because it featured all the Justice League characters. Well, some of them. And then... That was spin off to be like that Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie. And then from that movie, they spin off even again and had this Suicide Squad movie. And from that Suicide Squad movie, they spun off and had the Peacemaker show. And now they're spinning off from the Peacemaker show to have a Waller show based on Amanda Waller. I don't know All if right. I got that. I don't know if I got that right, but I said spin off so many times that my head is kind of starting to spin. So, just uh, John Cena's Peacemaker, you know this. Um, Amanda Waller is a cal- cold, calculating bitch, right? She wants to make sure that shit runs smoothly, and she doesn't care who she has to sacrifice in order to get things to run smoothly. Ultimately, the Suicide Squad was created in order to be her form of control over superman where it's like superman you can come against us or batman you can come against us but we have something that will rival you so she's trying to exert control 
And for the most part, she's succeeding because she's working in the shadows. So she takes control of different, um, different things like Cadmus Lab. And Cadmus Lab, um, they have the technology that creates a Superman clone, which is Superboy. You know, so they create a clone to fight Superman, you know, and that hasn't been put down in media, but still, they're working in the background, trying to control everything. And I think the show will delve into how she runs her organization. Because at the end of the Suicide Squad, her whole team had, um, uh, what's the word, mutinied on her. So they all didn't want to be part of it. And they went uh, ahead and started their own Peacemaker story and their own Peacemaker team. Uh, but they are still people who are loyal to Amanda Waller. You know, she's the guy who would go, would throw people into battle. If you don't do as she does, they just blow up your head and then you're done. That's the end of yeah, it. Yeah, I remember. You know, yes. so I love it. Um, and I just, I love John Cena in his show. And I'm pretty sure he's going to pitch up in this Waller show. You know, like the Mandalorian pitched up in the Book of Boba Fett. You know, just having a superior show pitch up in a not-so-superior show. Mandalorian, another good show you should watch. <laughs> I've watched the Mandalorian. It's pretty good. Yeah. The, have you watched the Book of Boba Fett? No, not yet. The Book of Boba Fett is like the Book of Boba Fett for like four episodes, and then it's the Mandalorian season 2.5. <laughs> I'm like, yay, okay. give me some more. <laughs> So yeah, uh, they realized Boba Fett not enough to carry a, an entire show for that long. So yeah, you have Amanda Waller doing her thing and just giving us insight onto these other organizations that are running counteractive to the superheroes that we have in the world, you know? Yeah, fleshing out the world a little bit, giving some background. Yeah, and that's coming out before the Superman movie. Now, the Superman movie is called Superman Legacy. James Gunn says it's going to release 11th of July, 2025, which is, that that's a big thing, you know? That's, really, so, that's a very specific date as well. Yeah, I'm like, why would you put it out? Why are you giving us a date when it's going to come out? But he said it's going to be a movie based on All-Star Superman telling us about the end of, well, you know, telling us about this new Superman. And I assume he's going to try and do the same thing they did with Batman, where they have Superman starting like a year after he's been Superman, so that they don't have to flesh out everything again. Because the story of All-Star Superman is an intricate story. Uh, Superman goes to... The story is Superman goes to go and save first man mission to the sun. And in doing so... He absorbs too much solar radiation. So his body starts breaking down. And because his body starts breaking down, he has, and he has so much um, solar radiation in him, he starts gaining super strength, he gains super intelligence, he, get, he gains a couple of extra superpowers, and he gains immunity to kryptonite. So he realizes that his time is coming to an end. So he does what is called the 12 labors of Superman which is where he answers the un unanswerable question, he, cause he cures cancer, he fixes the sun because the sun had started breaking down, um, and he does all of these things to help leave himself a legacy 
when the world is when there's no longer a superman to take care of the world and in that story he represents all that superman is known for truth justice and the american way well yeah yeah well good guy all good superman okay and he's trying to make sure that um the superman who people remember in years to come would be a superman that inspires people because his entire life he's learned about the legion of superheroes which are a group of superheroes that came from the 31st century and came to visit superman in his younger days and they said listen you will do feats that will ultimately inspire everyone in this universe to become heroes and we will have a bunch of heroes taking care of the universe and taking care of this galaxy um based on what you have done and all he thought was i don't ever have enough time to do all of this so he tries to do all of that in order to um you know make sure that he is remembered in the world and that is the all-star superman story it is one of the best superman stories that has ever been put to pen it's just it's amazing you know and the strange thing is it's at the end of his life whereas james gunn is using it to tell the beginning of his life you know the beginning of his life on screen which is kind of weird uh, so one thing i think that they're going to take from this story is the one of the labors that superman had where he he took his his um genetic code and put it down so that it can be spliced with a human and a little superman baby can be born from that because the one the john kent he sees in the future is you know a someone who came from him and lois's line and of course they can't have children because if he comes he'll break her fallopian tubes or whatever he's an alien Okay, he's an alien. It's the same reason you can't have a baby with a with a fucking like elephant. Okay, <laughs> he's an alien. He's weird. Okay, so yeah. So yeah, I was I just think... thinking, like, if he had to, even if he was like completely human, but like you know, his jizz would just you know blow her apart, wouldn't it? That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, probably would. But what if he's able to? Con- hmm. I think we're gonna give this too much thought. Because now we're gonna he's gonna have to find it. like he's gonna have to find like a kryptonite bucket. Ah, uh, well, well, you could use <laughs> blue kryptonite. Uh-huh. You, could, you could wear a ring of blue kryptonite, which takes away his powers temporarily, makes him human. You know, while he's in touch with the blue kryptonite, then he has his way with with Lois, and then yeah, maybe yeah, that could work. But and then you still gotta hope. Then you're still gonna hope that alien DNA is compatible with human DNA, and that like you know the sperm is gonna that the sperm still works the same way. I I don't know if it works the same way. Remember, he was the first natural-born Superman or natural-born Kryptonian in like years, because everyone else was made through cloning process. You would have a specific role that you were born into. General Zod was born to be a general. You know, Jor-El yeah. was born to be a scientist. He was cloned into being a scientist, and Superman was born, and he was like, "Hey, I'm here now." And the mother's like. It's been a while since people have actually pushed babies out of it, out of themselves. Yeah. So he's Superman, and that's one of the labors he had: create, like, mapping his genetic code so that you know he can he can make women pregnant and have another Superman to take care of the world. And I think 
that's the one aspect he's going to take from it. Well, other than the type of Superman, which is like a man who has all the values of Superman, you know, who stands for truth, stands for justice, you know, I think they're going to also take that little bit out. And I don't know how they're going to make Superman smart enough to map his genetic code because the genetic code would allow him and Lois to have a baby. If, jo- if they have a baby, that will result in John Kent. And John Kent was the new Superman at some point. But I'm thinking they want to bring him in because of reasons. I want. They probably want to see him mingle with Damian Wayne. You know, have these two youngsters play off against each other as well. And that's what yeah, I that think. That makes sense, I guess. Oh, the only way I can see them bringing this in is by introducing Brainiac. And Brainiac is the brain interactive construct. Ultimately, he flies around the universe um, collecting civilizations. So he'll be like, oh, look at this civilization. So I'm going to take a male and I'm going to take a, a female. I'm going to put them in this cage and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shrink them down so they can fit in my, my world, in my, in my little spaceship. And then I'm going to blow up the world so I'm the only one who has this unique civilization. And that's what he does. He just goes around just collecting things. And that's why he comes into contact with Superman. But he's got like, I don't know, 19th, uh, 15th level. Like, his intellect is much greater than everyone else's intellect, okay? He's, he's like super duper smart. And so Superman always has to find unconventional ways to beat him. So I don't know how that is a way they can bring in a map of Superman's genetic code because uh, Brainiac will have mapped his genetic code by the time he fights Superman. But having a young Superman fight Brainiac is it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough battle for Superman because he can't use his strength against Brainiac. He's going to have to outthink Brainiac, and outthinking something that is that smart means that he'll just have to catch him by surprise. Because how he gets Brainiac most of the times is he gets Brainiac down to Earth and because we are people that have adjusted to the Earth and its many parasites, Brainiac is someone who's in like a little capsule flying around in the universe so he gets exposed to all of these parasites and they just rip him apart. You know, so I don't know how if he's gonna James Gunn is gonna go that route um, but Brainiac would be a good way to bring in a way of cloning or a way of furthering Superman's storyline or his genetic code, you know? So I'm just hoping, hoping it does that. Uh, or they could just, you know, be like, well, Batman equals smart man. Uh, you know, or Lex Luthor even. They can even like... Yeah. Lex Luthor would be a great thing. But see, they bring in Brainiac and have him deal with Lex Luthor. Because Lex yeah. Luthor is the smartest human alive. Yeah, you know? exactly. So you have him and Brainiac, and then him trying to get the upper hand on Brainiac. Holy shit, they could have a whole story where like, they tell the Superman story, and then Lex Luthor defeats Brainiac. You know? <laughs> I'll be like, hey, that'd be great. But yeah. So they could have that also set up. But as I know, that is this is just pure speculation on my side. And yeah. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see what James Gunn wants from this new Superman. Because he wants a new Superman to start a journey 
and have this journey continue with him. And I, I'm very excited to see a story where Superman and storytelling is key. Okay, you, you tell a good story. Okay, don't don't just throw something out there and have me sit there and go, oh, I watched this show and we'll watch this movie. Now I feel like I have to go bleach my brain and go and burn my eyes out because this show was so horrible. Yeah, I must say, like, that's what I meant, like, right in the beginning. It's like, because you've got characters that have such, um, like, massive powers, like, you either you either have the problem where, like, all the villains have to be, like, ridiculously strong in a different way or you have the problem of like your show is just about unimportant things that don't matter yeah so it's it's very hard to like balance that so that's why they have to like pick their their setting very carefully and you know things like that i mean like i love smallville i love smallville but like I having... it was boring superman who can't fly yeah yeah listen the issue with Smallville was like, it was like, okay, so first you, this villain is going to come at him with kryptonite. And then next week, this villain is going to come at him with a different type of kryptonite. And then the week after that, this villain's going to come at him with a different type of kryptonite. And you're like, yo, dude, why can't you just write a story that incorporates all of this? It has been done. Strong characters. Superman has been here for over almost a hundred years now. and He's still been on the forefront of DC. They've been making good stories that involve him and involve his, his life and him dealing with the world, right? And how, how, is the, how are the comic books able to tell these extensive stories and yet all we get from cinema is, yo, the this guy... The same movie every time. Exactly, you know? It's like, we're going to give you the same shit. It's like, don't give us the same shit. There's so many other stories you can pull up and you can tell us. And you don't even have to tell the same story. You can tell it in a different way. Superman and Lois has essentially the same villains, but they are told differently. So Parasite is told from a perspective of this woman who simply, um, she feels like, like everyone does, like there's something lacking in, in her life. So she comes across this crystal that is able to connect it to the Bizarro world. And the Bizarro world contains a mirror image of yourself. So they, you can connect the two images. And if you're able to fuse them together, she believes doing that will make her whole. And so she starts a cult in order to, like, you know, just further this. And Superman's like, yo, dude, this is a cult. They're like, we, you can't do anything at her, against us. Because we are protected by the government. You can't exactly come in and just stop us without proof. And he's like, ah, you got me there. <laughs> you know? But like, it's from, it's, it's a, sp- a perspective that everyone can kind of relate to. They just want to be whole. So it's, it's a story based on Parasite. And Parasite is a character that just sucks people dry. Takes your power. And then it has your power for a little bit. You know? But they took that. And spun it off and made a different character from it. They changed John I, uh, John Henry Irons, who was super, a Superman wannabe, into his own fully fleshed out character. Who you thought was Lex Luthor at the beginning. I was like, oh, is this Lex Luthor? But yeah. But Superman and Lois is an Elseworld story. It doesn't fit into the, um, the Arrowverse. It's entirely different from them. And I love it. It's just such a good show. 
right. So, let's move away from Superman now. Because I could talk about Superman for three hours and it feels to you like I already have. <laughs> yeah, you, you, went, you went long on Superman. Oh, shit. Maybe I shouldn't have done so much uh, prep work. <laughs> All right. Then there are the Green Lanterns, right? So the Green Lanterns, it's a show that will follow Hal Jordan and will follow uh, John Stewart. It will be a true detective type of show and it will follow the Green Lanterns who are essentially the cops of the DC Universe. You become part of the Green Lantern Corps very much like Marines. So you like get indoctrinated into the Green Lantern Corps and then you're given a sector of the universe that you need to patrol and you need to protect. Right? There are different colors to the Green Lanterns, which is green, which is controlled by will, yellow lanterns, which are controlled by fear, red lanterns, which are controlled by rage, blue lanterns, hope, orange lanterns, greed. So there's only one orange lantern holder because he's greedy and wants all of the orange lantern colors to him yeah uh it's a black one which only came in during a storyline a white one which also came in during a storyline an indigo one which is compassion um and that's linked to the green um lantern core and star sapphire which is controlled by love right so they are police force and what i want from this show is to go into the cosmic world that dc has because the Green Lantern has got this entire universe controlled by a fucking, or oh, not controlled, um, run and po- uh, policed by the Green Lanterns, by the Red Lanterns. And they come to agreements based on certain things. So when I was telling that Supergirl story, the Red Lanterns were given control of the Earth sector. So the Red Lanterns had Earth sector and the whole, sec- the whole um, solar system. So they were looking after that. Um, on behest of the Green Lanterns. So having the Green Lanterns come in and um, have a sort of detective story, following cops, following these guys, just looking after things, it's, I, I, would, I would love it. You know, and it's Hal Jordan, who is uh, possibly my least flav- favorite Green Lantern, and then Jon Stewart, who is the man. Do you agree? I don't, I don't, what? Jon Stewart. He's the Green Lantern from um, on Justice League Unlimited. I haven't seen Justice Justice League Unlimited. The black dude. I haven't seen it, so I don't know who the black dude is. Oh my gosh! I haven't seen. John Stewart is one of the best Green Lanterns, like out there. I'll believe you. I'll do it. Yeah. So yeah, Uh, apparently I have to uh, move a little bit forward. The Authority is a group of heroes who gets the job done. Um, they are people who, a lovable group of misfits, back into um, James Gunn's wheelhouse, and they remind me a little bit of the Elite. The Elite are essentially a group that um, wants to keep peace and wants to overthrow um, the structures of society so that people can govern themselves, but they do it in like such a forceful way that uh, you know, you're like, yo, you guys are actually evil. Stop murdering all these people. So they go out, stop wars, and by stopping wars, they allow other groups to grow and fester. So, yeah. Oh. And then we have Paradise Lost. Paradise Lost is a Game of Thrones style show, which is in Themyscira. It will be um, the world before um, technology 
and it will be essentially something set about 5,000 years ago because Wonder Woman is around 5,000 years old. So it'll be set right after they kicked out of um, Greece. So Zeus will be like, yo, you guys are going to go live over there and you're going to look after the world. You are going to be separate from the world, but you're able to intervene if the world of man becomes a little bit too unruly. So it's them coming to terms with their world that they have right now. The fact that they are not connected to the um, the wider world. And of course, it's going to be a power struggle because some people will be like, we have to become involved in this world of men. We have to help them stop the wars. We have to help the Iron Age continue. We have to help the Bronze Age or whatever happens in the ancient Greece world. And then you're going to have the faction that's ultimately going to say, no, we need to follow what Zeus told us. We can't just jump in and try and save all of humanity's problems because those are men's issues and we can't deal with or we can't uh, interfere with man's world all that much. So the whole show is essentially just going to be a power struggle between those two factions um before wonder woman but it's going to establish us the worldview that wonder woman comes from so you're gonna have it's gonna ultimately settle in on them being as secluded as possible and um staying away from the world of man as much as they can which is where wonder woman was born that's how the worldview she was born into that's why it took her five thousand years to come out and try and help people and then become Wonder Woman as as a character, you know. Whoo! Oh, sped sped run through that one. All right? They yeah, went I don't back. know the Wonder Woman. Yeah, the Wonder Woman one isn't uh, that appealing to me. And I feel like the Game of Thrones kind of thing is very saturated at the moment. But I don't know. We'll see. I I'm I'm kind of keeping an open mind because House of the Dragon was pretty damn good. Like well, I haven't watched that. Yeah. It it reminds me of Game of Thrones season one. You know, you're like, ah, you actually got a good show, a good story to tell. Right. And now let's okay. get to one of your favorites, Batman. Batman the Brave and the Bold, right? And what James Gunn wants to do is bring in Damian Wayne. He loves Damian Wayne, and he wants Damian Wayne to be ultimately the next Bat or the next Robin. Um. Uh, Damien Wayne is... Do you know who Damien Wayne is? Yeah, that's Batman's kid. Yeah, by Talia Ghul. And he was raised on... Um, uh, by the League of Assassins. So he's an assassin, a bloodthirsty assassin. Who, like, Talia pitches up and she's like, Yeah, you're looking off to this kid now. This is your child. This is your brood. Take care of him. And Batman's like, Ah! Okay. I'll take care of this child. Um, but it's... Damien Wayne is thrust into the world of Batman. And Batman at this point already has Dick Grayson, who is Robin. Uh, well, not Robin, Nightwing already at this point. We have Jason Todd, who is the Red Hood. We have Barbara Gordon, who was Batgirl and became Oracle. Right? And we have that's the, one, that's the one who gets paralyzed, like, on yeah, the job Yeah, the, the Joker shoots the shit out of her yeah. uh, spine and yeah, according it, it it's implied that he did a couple of other things, but she's paralyzed and she was entirely scarred by it. So, and then Tim Drake is the is the Robin at that point, and then uh, Damian Wayne comes into this world where he's introduced into this Bat family. You know, Batman has to learn compassion 
for this little child that he has. Um, given the fact that he's already lost Jason Todd, Dick Grayson has moved on, and he has Tim Drake, who is possibly one of the smartest Robins out there. He figured out Batman was um, Bruce Wayne, and then came to find him and went, "I want to be Bat. I want to be Robin." And then he became Robin. Um, so. Um, he takes on the moniker of Red Robin, if I'm correct by saying this. Uh, but Damien Wayne comes in. He's a bloodthirsty dude. He's got a sword. He's like, I'm going to murder all of these, like, you know, villains. And Batman's like, yo, dude, you can't murder everyone. You know, so uh, he has to um, learn how to get along with Damien. He has to teach Damien how to fight crime in a way that doesn't leave everyone dead around him. You know, and Damien has to learn to become Bat, um, not Batman, Robin. And the reason I keep saying Batman is because Damien Wayne will be the best successor to Batman. And I'm feeling that they're going to introduce him so that they can introduce Jonathan Kent. Because Damien Wayne and Jonathan Kent's relationship brings more compassion into Damien as a person. He starts caring more about other people through his friendship with John Kent, uh, because John Kent is also the son of a big hero, and they learn to do things um, together and also kind of grow off of each other. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to having um, Damian Wayne grow as a character and have him his story not finished in the Batman movie, but have it started, have him take the first steps towards learning to become a better character or a better crime fighter like his father, Batman, you know, and not so much of a, a murdering psychopath. <laughs> ah, I'd like to see him murder a couple of people. Yeah. So, then we come to Booster Gold. Booster Gold's a dick. Do you know about Booster Gold? Uh, no, I don't know much about him. Booster Just what Gold, you told me. Booster Gold came from the future. He's got future technology. And he wants to be a hero because we do not have future technology. So he's a dick because he stole all the technology out of, like, um, museums. And then he came back to gain fame so that, you know, he will be the best hero that has ever existed. <laughs> His moniker is actually Booster Gold, the greatest hero you've never known. <laughs> so he pitches up and he's like, he uses his um, future technology in order to predict things. So he's like, oh, this dude's going to attack at this point. If I pitch up there with my future armor and my future um, like light beams and all that stuff, I could stop this guy. And then people will know me as the guy who stopped this other, like, you know, this evil bad guy. And that's Booster Gold. That's, that's what he does. <laughs> he just comes back from the future and tries to be a hero in his own and right. This is and the first one that actually that I actually would watch, regardless yeah. of it being DC or whatever. Like I would just watch that show because it sounds like a good plot and a good pitch. And it's gonna tie into Blue Beetle because Booster Gold's sidekick is essentially Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle like meets up with him and then they start fighting together. But yeah, he's a dick. Like Booster Gold is a dick, and um, I like I like Booster Gold. He's always got the smile on him. He's like, yes, I am the greatest in the world, but he's he's not. He messes up quite a lot because he's, you know, he's not a hero. He's just some guy who wants to be a hero, All right? So yeah, 
Then the last one is a story that I am entirely not familiar with, which is the Supergirl Women of Tomorrow. It's a recent story that has come out. Um, and all I want to say about Supergirl is I've spoken about Supergirl beforehand, what I wanted to see from her as a character and from her with her story-wise. Um, I just don't want to see her booted off to the 31st century. I want her to try and live in this world and try and make sense of what um, this world has to offer her and also struggle. I need all of my characters to struggle. I want them all to be temp- like tempered through fire and I want them and to And they need a challenge to overcome. Exactly. The hero's journey, you know? Exactly. I, I, want it, I just want to see people suffer, okay? Give me a character that suffers, okay? <laughs> And the last thing that um, James Gunn spoke about was Swamp Thing. And Swamp Thing is also niche hero. You know, he... he and that's an old school story. Yeah, and he wants to make this a horror story. So I don't know how that's going to, like, cut into everything else. Maybe I'd the world's going to well. be a thingy. I would I'd watch, watch that as well. Yeah, yeah, so there's a Swamp Thing show out. I never quite got down to watching that show, but I would like to. You know, Swamp Thing was never quite my thing, but, you know, having a different perspective on the universe, because he's essentially like Poison Ivy on crack, you know? <laughs> Poison Ivy, but, like, he controls all of the swamps and tries to make sure yeah. the world is um, sustainable going forward. And Swamp Thing would be a different perspective also, because all these other heroes are based in modern in the world they are in different cities protecting those cities from otherworldly threats or like intercity threats you know whereas he is trying to protect the world from you know dying out and becoming a barren wasteland you know so yeah that's that's essentially uh my outlook on what james gunn had said um, I'm very excited for what James Gunn is planning to do with the DC Universe. I'm going to be sitting with bated breath and going to be watching all of the DC movies that come out. Um, when each one of these movies is released or one of these shows are released, I would like to also do a podcast where I'm able to discuss what happened in the show and how it ties in with everything else. Um, this is something going to be a starting point from uh, where I'll be able to look back and say, Ah, I thought this was going to happen but ultimately i was proven wrong and i hope that if i'm proven wrong that i'm proven wrong because the story was much better than what i envisioned it to be like yeah it's cool to set up like a a timeline of what your expectations were and how your expectations changed and how the information changed and how your expectations changed along with the information that was available changed so we'll definitely do another conversation maybe i will uh, get myself a little bit more informed so I can say more than no, I have not heard of that. <laughs> yeah, I spoke a lot, actually. <laughs> and I think that's a, a good note to to sign off. Uh, yeah. We're going to try and do like at least one a month, but maybe two a month uh, podcasts or uploads, something like that. And if you're interested in watching us fool around, check us out on Twitch. Yep. Everything uh, should be in the descriptions. All right. It's been fun talking with you, Mark. Yeah, it's been fun talking with you, Phil. <laughs>
Uh, enjoy. Uh, uh, you enjoy as well. I, I don't know.